is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Penn State Wrestling goes 2-0 in the state of Michigan. They defeat Michigan 27-9 and Michigan State 35-0. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. Greg Pickle, our uh, wrestling reporter, here to talk about the Nittany Lions as they march through the Big Ten dual season. So, Greg, uh, a big weekend. Kind of played out exactly how you expected, from what I uh, understand. So, um, what were the highlights to you, and what are the things you take out of last weekend's uh, win throughout the tour of the state of Michigan? Yeah, so a couple things, T. Frank. Obviously, Penn State went into both of these matches favored to win over Michigan, which was ranked. Depending on where you look, they were inside some uh, outlets' top five. They were a top 15 team, according to the NWCA coaches poll. A very talented group that is going to send wrestlers to the All-American level at Nationals. Uh, they'll pro- maybe have a Big Ten champ or two, and they will be competitive uh, at NCAAs. But no real match for Penn State on this night in Ann Arbor. Uh, looking back at last Friday, Penn State went in pretty much dominated throughout that match. Uh, they started things uh, started things off with a bang uh, with Levi Haynes in a very tight match, winning two to one, and kind of rolled from there. But two real, I guess, before we get into the wrestlers that weren't on the mat. Let's talk about two who were. The first one is Braden Davis, Penn State officially pulling his red shirt now. Uh, yeah. In his freshman season, four-time Michigan State champ went back to his home state and looked really good. He upset, I guess you could call it an upset based on the rankings that just came out this week. It really wasn't. Uh, and if he had more matches and, and you know, if we're looking and trying to project past upsets based on NCAA seedings, this one probably won't be viewed as one down the road. But uh, he beats uh, then number five, Michael D'Augustino, pretty handily, five to one. Uh, match maybe a little bit closer than it looked. He scored late uh, to make the difference there. And then on uh, Sunday, he beats Tristan Luan seven to three. Uh, so Braden Davis is rolling at 125. And it was also a big weekend for Mitchell Messenbrink, another first year lion who's wrestling at 165 pounds. Uh, he is moving up the rankings now inside the top 10. He beat Cameron Amin, number seven of uh, Michigan, uh, pretty handily 12 to one major decision. And he pushed the pace throughout that match. Uh, yeah. He could have got Cameron Amin to stall out. Uh, if you get so many stalling cautions, you can actually forfeit the match. And I think uh, it was not out of the question that that could have taken place. So that was a good win for him. Uh, and then he goes and beats Caleb Fish, a very good wrestler at Michigan State, 18-9 to by major decision on Sunday. So two first-year Nittany Lions, T. Frank, really on the ball this past weekend, really helping power Penn State. And, you know, I don't want to say those two weight classes, 125 and 165, were enormous question marks coming into the year. 25 certainly was, 65 maybe not as much. Uh, but these two guys have made uh, really all that conversation an afterthought. Messenbrink and Braden Davis both look not just like guys who can All-American but could make noise depending on how things play out to make a run uh, to the NCAA Finals based on what we've seen so far. Two very aggressive point scorers who fit uh, the model Carol Sanderson and his program preaches. So, yeah, impressive weekend for those two guys, and it was a part of an impressive weekend overall for the Penn State wrestling team. Yeah, Messenbrink was super interesting to listen to uh, on Tuesday when he spoke with the media, a guy that 
um, very self-aware, but also uh, not concerned necessarily with those perceptions. Just it was really interesting to hear him speak and to talk about not just that he is aggressive, but why he's aggressive and why he wants to go out there and, and score points as a wrestler and how he thinks kind of his philosophies were on display in that conversation. Uh, are there things that you can take away? As I know you just kind of mentioned that you think he could make more noise than maybe initially expected on uh, you know the NCAA side, but just how, I, I guess I, I'm just interested in your thoughts on Mitchell Messenbrink and, and what he brings to the table for Penn State. Yeah, I mean, one of the really interesting quotes you mentioned that you uh, you heard him talk about on Tuesday as we taped this on Wednesday, January 24, is said you, you like to surround yourself with like-minded people, and I think everybody in this room is like that. And what he's talking about, of course, is being willing to go score points. That is what set Penn State apart for years now since Kale Sanderson has been here, is the desire to score as many points as possible and not viewing – taking a risk as a problem, but an opportunity to get better, whether it works or not, you know, you try and hit a move that may end up with seven points or it may end up on your back, but did it work? Did it help you get better for big tents? Did it help you get better for the national tournament? That's what they practice and they preach. And a lot of times uh, these Penn state guys are so talented that it works and it comes with a bonanza of bonus points, uh, mm -hmm. both in dual meets and also in the tournament, which has propelled Penn state to team titles, of course, at the individual tournament. So, I guess my takeaway from Messenbrink, T. Frank, is just simply the fact that he fits this program perfectly. Kale Sanderson said two weeks ago that if they knew that he was going to be such a killer at the college level, uh, they would have camped out in his front yard for him. He obviously spent a year at Cal Baptist and then comes from the very highly regarded Askren Academy wrestling program in Wisconsin. So he was not an unknown uh, prospect by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, Kale Sanderson, I thought maybe with a little bit revisionist history yesterday, saying he's not sure if this effort so far this year has surprised people. I think it's surprised plenty. Maybe not those that listened to uh, what Penn State thought of him when he got to campus and what they saw from him initially when uh, he arrived in State College. But, you know, we're talking about a guy who, again, very, very highly decorated prep career, but was 2-0 and at the college level and kind of was looking for a new opportunity pretty quickly once he got to his first college last year. So I'm just not sure that in general, he hasn't raised some eyebrows, but yeah, if you were following along with his journey uh, before he hit the mat for the first time for Penn State, yeah, you're probably not surprised, but just the way he wrestles, the tenaciousness, the aggressiveness, it's just super impressive, and you know, for a guy his age, not something we always see. What's next on your mind uh, for this week? Yeah, so obviously the big question at this point, and the one that really everyone cares about is who's going to start at 149 pounds. So Tyler Kasak comes out after Shane Van Ness. If you you know not following along with the whole Penn State wrestling season, an All American last year, returning starter for Penn State this year, he suffered a season ending injury uh, in December, and so Penn State had to figure out what it was going to do. At 149 pounds, the first two duels of 2024, they went with Tyler Kasak. He picked up two uh, top 15 victories. The freshman looked like he was the guy, and they kind of were talking about him like he was going to going to be the guy. In fact, you know, if you go back and listen to the audio from Kale Sanderson, T. Frank, I think there was m less ambiguity about the plan with Tyler Kasak at 149 compared to Braden Davis uh, when those conversations first started, uh, at least in a public space about a month ago. So then Kasak is one of the Nittany Lions who is dealing with an illness. Kale Sanderson describing it basically is one of those things that kind of knocks you out for a few days and then you're back ready to go. We all know what that's like. So yeah, uh, he was not able to wrestle during Penn State's trip to Michigan. Junior David Evans, a very good wrestler in his own right. One of those guys that 
if he went into the transfer portal, I don't think he'd have any issue finding a place for the wrestle as a starter. He wins both matches uh, last weekend. And so the question on Tuesday was, does that give Penn State more to think about? And Kale Sanderson didn't really answer the question directly while also kind of answering it directly and saying that, you know, they've wrestled once and that was albeit at 141 pounds earlier this year. Uh, and uh, KSAC won by tiebreaker decision two to one uh, back at the Army Black Knight Invitational in November. So he has that. You know, obviously they've been wrestling in the room and we've seen both guys in matches now. To me, the higher upside guy is KSAC in terms of scoring both in dual matches and at the national tournament. And I do think that ultimately they're going to go that direction, burn his red shirt and make him the second freshman to start for this team uh, during the 2023, 2024 season. But Evans, like I said, a very good wrestler in his own right, certainly gave them something to think about at, at that uh, wait. And we'll see what happens uh, Sunday at Maryland. That's going to really be the first indicator of where this thing's going to go. And I'm pretty confident that whatever we see on Sunday is going to end up being what we see come the national tournament in a couple months from now. Maryland coming up uh, on Sunday, which, uh, as you pointed out to me before the start of the show, midway point of the dual season, which is kind of crazy. Um, how do yeah. you, how, what's been the storyline? What are the things that stand out to you so far through the first half of twenty, the 2023-2024 season? Yeah, so obviously the injury that we talked about a moment ago to Shane Van Ness was certainly not something on our radar. You never, of course, are expecting season-ending injuries to pop up. But, you know, the depth for Penn State has really shined through, as we talked about um, going into last weekend, and then we'll get into a little bit here now. Penn State was without starters at Michigan and at Michigan State. Carter Starachi, the multi-time All-American All and national champion, was dealing with an illness, didn't wrestle Friday or Sunday, expected back in the lineup uh, at Maryland. We already talked about Tyler Kasak being out, and Greg Kirkfleet, the heavyweight, did not wrestle on Sunday at Michigan State. Not totally sure why that was the case, but he was available to the media on Tuesday, so we can rightly assume that all was fine and well there. So He gave um, zero explanation, really. He just said, I mean, I think I think you can probably chalk it up to veteran rest. I mean, we've yeah, seen that yeah, more yeah. and more across the sport, and especially at Penn State for these older guys. He also did not commit to whether he's going to come back to Penn State for another season in 2024 2025 which you i wouldn't expect them to at this point uh that's kind of been the, the going rate but yeah you know depth shines through kale sanderson in this first news conference back in november was asked about this concept of depth and his roster and things like that and you know he kind of said that based on the way things are trending with nil and th this that and the other thing that your better programs are going to end up with more depth that's just the way it's it, it's kind of always been that way but not necessarily but it is certainly that way now, and you know you see it with this Penn State lineup this year. So that stands out to me, and we'll get into more of our full half-season, uh, mid-season superlatives next week. But, you know, again, I think that they brought in three transfers. Messenbrink has clearly been the star of the group, but Aaron Nagal has been very good, too, despite, um, you know, the loss he had on Friday night to – uh, Dylan Ragusin, uh, who pinned him in sudden victory, kind of caught him. And, you know, I wouldn't read too much into that as, as it relates to where Aaron Nagao can go this year. But, you know, at this point in time, he's a former All-American who expects to be back there. And Bernie Truex, I think, can say the same thing. He's not a prolific scorer, and I think that's a little bit jarring to Penn State fans who have, like we just talked about, are so used to watching uh, these masterclass, especially in the upper weight, of just go out you know, especially with the new three-point takedown rule, you can get eight and pretty much be done with things uh, by technical fall, depending on if you if you do it right. So, you know, he is not necessarily, or at least not at this point, the most prolific point scorer, but he's getting the job done pretty quietly. Um, 
And I think that so they hit on the transfer portal. They have clearly hit on Braden Davis as from a recruiting perspective and Tyler Kasak as well. And, you know, what's pretty crazy is even Josh Barr, who's a freshman uh, for Penn State, who has gotten some action this year uh, with guys being in and out of the lineup. You know, I think he was probably not. I'm not sure if he maybe it would be an All-American if he was asked to wrestle this year at uh, 184 pounds. But I certainly think that he would make some noise at the national tournament. So another very good freshman class for Penn State, kind of par for the course. Good, excuse me, transfer portal class and good ability to keep their lineup together and their reserves at the school instead of the transfer portal uh, has equaled a good start. Uh, So last thing, Maryland coming up this weekend. What do you want, uh, what are you interested in and what are you looking at this weekend as far as a preview of the upcoming dual meet? Yeah, so an interesting match. Maryland has a handful of ranked guys, but only one top five bout is on our mat uh, match sheet at this point. We're looking at Aaron Brooks, the top ranked wrestler in the country, multi-time national champ. At 184 pounds, he, of course, bumped up to 197. He's going to wrestle uh, Jackson Smith, who's ranked fifth right now by Intermat, the Maryland sophomore. Uh, pretty good start to the year. He's 12-2, and two, so that is the headliner bout. Of the weekend for Penn State, only one dual match this weekend. It is Maryland, as you mentioned, T. Frank, noon on Sunday. Big Ten Network televising it from College Park. Uh, former Nittany Lion in the Maryland lineup, too. Seth Nevels is going to wrestle for the Terrapins at heavyweight, so we'd expect him to battle Greg Kirkfleet. Um, Seth Nevels is a guy who, you know, I think most Penn State fans, when he went into the portal, understood that, you know, what, reason he had to do that and obviously greg kirkfleet being in front of him was the reason so uh he's a grad grad transfer down to maryland and is trying to make some noise there 10 and 6 on the year uh so there is that penn state connection in the terps lineup but otherwise you know i think the the match that will have probably mo- again is back to 149 ethan miller sophomore there at maryland 10 and 5 on the year he's ranked 14th by intermap uh, like i said we would expect Kasak back in the lineup intermat ranks him at number 12 uh, going into this week. So, you know, another close match there possible in terms of where those guys are ranked. So another Penn State win on the horizon. I don't think there's any question if there were betting odds on this, they would be an enormous favorite, but still some interesting storylines to follow. And of course, we'll cover them all here on uh, Blue White Illustrated, the YouTube channel the, the and wherever else you get your audio and also BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Yeah, um, the the response to the wrestling show so far has been awesome. Um, we've been doing this pretty much just as a, a exclusive content at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com, but um, check this out uh, wherever you do podcasts and, of course, on the Blue White Illustrated YouTube channel. Greg Pickle giving you the information about what you need to know for Penn State Wrestling. Greg, thanks so much. We will be back next week to preview uh, the midway point of the season. Uh, Greg wants to do some superlatives, so look out for that coming up next week on the Penn State Wrestling Show. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.